Good morning, real life family and friends. Uh, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, I want to welcome you to uh, this, this message. Uh, I'm Tim Hobson, pastor at real, real Life in Montrose, Michigan. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, our extended family. We have people that are uh, joining us here physically uh, from all over the place, but also remotely by watching these every week with us. And so from North Carolina to Arizona, all across this country, those of you who are faithful to be a part of this family, I uh, just want to say hi, and uh, it's great to have you guys continuing to just be a part of our journey together. And uh, some great things are going on here at Real Life, and we are a family, a spiritual family, learning how to live this journey together. And we are looking for more people who have a heart to know God and to find freedom to discover their purpose and to make a difference with their lives. And so if you're watching this for the first time or you've been watching this for a while and you're in the area, come on out and join us. We'd love to have you be a part of our family, a part of our story, and we believe together we can live a better story in Him. And so welcome. And today um, I'm bringing a message that, to be honest with you, uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with. Um, it's an area of my life that I consider myself not very good at, but I have improved over time. And I've been thinking this about this for a few weeks now and uh, preparing this message in, in light of the last 15 months. You know, we have been through an incredible, difficult year, a uh, year and a quarter or so uh, since March of, uh, you know, 15 months ago. Was that 2020? Uh, I remember the uh, day that I first heard about the COVID and the, this, uh, it wasn't called pandemic yet, but it was called, I think, COVID-19. Uh, I was on a vacation with my family in Florida and we were all at swimming pools and we heard this uh, storyline begin to unfold. And within a couple of days, by the time we got home from our vacation, uh, that next couple of days during that week, we actually had to decide to not meet as a church physically that coming Sunday. And I just remember the emotions, the shock, uh, the confusion. Uh, and from then on, we've all shared this journey together of the ups and downs and the difficulties and the challenges of the last 15 months. And so today I want to talk about my title for today's message is recovering from loss, recovering from loss. How do we recover from loss? Because over the last 15 months, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we have all lost something. Sometimes we've lost a lot of things. Some of us have lost some incredible uh, people in our lives. I know in our own church that we have, in our church family, uh, we've lost several members this year that were just great men of God, women of God, uh, spouses to some of our congregation members, close family members, close friends, one of my mentors. And so we have, we have experienced those kinds of losses. And to be real, those are the most difficult losses that we have in this journey of life. And yet, in spite of those losses, we all have lost other things this year. And so today I want to talk about a biblical perspective of grieving and how do we recover from the losses that we've endured to kind of give you an idea, and I don't believe that this one message is going to fix everything for us, but I'm hoping that God will um, give us some comfort and some hope that there will be some tools that we can look at today that will help us move forward 
in our feelings, in our emotions, and in, in the situations that we've been dealing with. Because it's possible for us to get stuck in pain in life. And yet God doesn't want us to be stuck there, but he will enable us. He will come alongside of us to help us get through our pain. And that's my heart here. And that's why I believe God put this message on my heart to share with you. In fact, when I was starting to do this message a couple weeks ago, I didn't even realize what God was about to do in my own heart with regards to this message. I didn't realize the depth of my own feelings and um, experiences of loss this past year that came to the surface when I started going through and preparing this message for you. So let me just pray for us as we begin, okay? God, I know this is a really tough uh, topic to tackle today, and it's, it's a topic I'm not really comfortable with or, or even um, by any means uh, an expert in. But Lord, we are leaning on you today, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. And I'm asking God that you would bring your comfort, your wisdom, your direction, and your healing to each one who is watching and listening to this message today because God you are the one who brings us comfort you are the God of compassion and we look to you Lord uh, in our need that we would not get stuck in our hurt or pain or anger but God that you would help us go through the process of grieving our losses so that we can move forward and continue on the journey that you have for us we believe that you are with us God that you love us and you're for us and we are trusting you in all of this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, to give you a little idea of kind of how I typically have viewed my own life and my own emotions, which are, are not in a, in a good way, uh, I want to give you this analogy that someone shared with me once that really helped me understand uh, the importance of my feelings and my emotions and, and that I need to attend to those as well. Uh, and so vision, uh, if you can visualize a car accident, and two people are injured in this car accident. One has a broken leg, uh, but they're conscious. Uh, they got some bruising, some cuts, abrasions, but the adrenaline you know, rushing through them allows them to get up, hop around, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're in shock, they're in pain. Uh, they have a broken leg, but they're, they're mobile, they're conscious, you know, and they're moving. The other person is unconscious and has severe internal injuries and life-threatening injuries, and they're in a critical state. And then when you look at these two different people and you ask yourself, who needs help? Who needs help? And to be honest with you, in my mind throughout my life, I've often ignored the person with the broken leg because I've focused on the one who is in critical condition, which makes sense, right? And, uh, and give all the attention to the one who's in critical condition. And they do need help, There's, that's for sure. But the answer that, I, that I've come to lately in my life is they both need help, right? Both people are hurting, both people are in pain, and of course there's one person in a critical situation that's gonna need a lot of help and a lot of attention, but so does the person with a broken leg, they're in pain too. They may not need as much intensive care or uh, they might not be in as uh, a tough of a situation, but they need care too. 
So my personal journey in this, uh, that's why I say I'm not an expert here by any means, has been personally to kind of ignore my own feelings, to ignore my struggles, because I see people all around me with much bigger problems, you know what I mean? And so what has happened is that I don't always attend to my own hurts, my own pains, my own, my own you know, struggles, because I say, well, I, I shouldn't complain, I shouldn't worry, look at those people, you know, they're much worse off than I am. And I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but I'm just here today as a pastor saying, listen, we've all experienced some pain this year. We've all experienced some loss. And there's no question, there are some, some among us who experience way more loss than others of us. And it's not to diminish the intensity of the loss that some of you have experienced by losing a spouse, a loved one, a friend. Uh, it's not to take anything away from the importance of that loss or the devastation of that loss. But at the same time, I'm speaking to each and every one of us. For those of us who just maybe lost a job or lost uh, a routine or lost um, some friendships or lost some opportunities, there's still loss there. And I want to address that as well because we're still engaged in a process of grieving those losses. So I want to kind of give you permission, you know, to think about this last 15 months with a view to let's let's. Let's deal with it emotionally. Let's recognize it for what it is so that we can go through the process of moving through it and moving on. We don't want to get stuck. And that's one of the things that I've learned in life is that when we've experienced pain, pain, if it's not dealt with, can paralyze us. Emotional pain, pain on the inside of our soul. And if we don't deal with the, those losses, we don't deal with the hurts, we don't deal with the pain, that it can get us stuck in that pain. And I don't want to see anybody stuck or paralyzed through this pandemic. So what have you lost this year? That's the question. Some of our students can relate to a lot of losses. You know, I, I still have a lot of, all of my kids are in school. A couple of them are in college. And they went through a lot this year. Uh, as students, you guys have lost two proms. A lot of pep rallies, going to football games with your friends, uh, cabaret. Some of you lost a track season, a softball season, a baseball season. Some of you lost the opportunity to go to summer camps with your teams or to special camps, uh, Christian camps. Some of you lost dances. And just the overall normal, normalcy of going to school the whole day and being with friends and just having that normal routine from virtual learning to part-time virtual, part-time, you know, at the school. It's just been up and down and a bunch of chaos and a lot of unsettledness. And so we've all experienced those kinds of losses our students have. Maybe you've lost a job or a business or some opportunities or just money. Maybe you've lost, a lot of us, some of those family moments at Christmas time or Thanksgiving or birthday celebrations or the 4th of July last year, missing the fireworks, missing the celebrations. Maybe some of you, like, like our family, experienced some vacations that were canceled last summer and didn't get a chance to celebrate and do some of those things. Maybe you missed going to the movies or going out to eat at your favorite restaurant or sitting down in a restaurant. Can you imagine how long we went without being able to do that? And how many of you guys are like me, sick and tired of those long fast food lines, right? You get fast food and there's only a couple people working and we have to wait forever to get that food. I mean, it's just frustrating, isn't it? It's not really the fault of the fast food, but it's just the way that things are right now. 
the lack of supplies for certain things that we're looking for. So we've lost a sense of control. Some of us, we, we have felt the loss of freedoms taken away from us. The control, uh, you know, from our lives, a sense of helplessness or, you know, just the inability to change our circumstances. That's a loss. Some of us have lost our health or have been infected with the COVID virus or some other sickness or disease. And some of us are still struggling with perhaps some of those symptoms left over and the quality of our health has deteriorated. Others of us may have lost a friendship over a conflict, maybe over politics, uh, maybe just in a change of you know, location or because there's a problem between the two of you. Some of us have lost our peace. And instead of peace, there's fear in our hearts just because of the uncertainty of things, the unsettling of things. Things are always changing, the unpredictability of what's going to happen next, right? And some of us have lost our joy. And instead of joy, we would probably see and admit to having a lot more anger in our lives just because of all the stuff that's going on. Maybe you've experienced some depression or loneliness uh, Maybe you used to be an optimistic person, but you, you kind of notice you're a lot more pessimistic lately. You know, all of these different feelings and emotions are all kind of woven into this last 15 months of experiences that we have had. A lot of shocking days along the way, shocking decisions, uh, quick things that were changing, uh, things that we were used to that were suddenly taken away from us. And we all have experienced loss. So what does the Bible say? What can we do to recover from these losses? And so I want to just give you some encouragement. The Bible describes the process that God gives to us to recover from pain. And it is grieving. Grieving. So grieving is the process God gives to us to recover from loss and hurt and pain. And so it's healthy and it is proper and it is good to go through a grieving process, even if you just have a broken leg. I mean, you still need some help, right? And so whatever you've lost, it might not be big in your eyes compared to someone else, but it still needs to be processed in our soul so that we can be set free, we can be healed, and we can move on, move on to what God has for us. And so pain that's unresolved is paralyzing. And the rest of our life, we want to continue to learn how to process the pain and the hurts and the losses that come, because that is part of our life experience. And we need to look at our losses in the eye. We need to identify the fact that we went through some things this, this last year and a quarter, and they were painful and hurtful, but we need to go through it and not get stuck in it. So here's what grief looks like. Traditionally, grief um, can be categorized in five different categories. And I want you to see if you can relate to any of these feelings or stages as we go through them, just with your own experience over the last 15 months. The first stage of grief is denial. And that involves, you know, avoiding the issue or there's confusion, there's shock, there's fear. Like I said to you, when I came home from our vacation in Florida, Within three days, I had to cancel the church service that coming Sunday. I was in shock. I could not believe that, that the whole uh, country was shutting down and there was all this pressure on churches and big gatherings to just stop what they were doing. I was in shock. I just could not believe it, how fast things happened. 
I remember I was coaching track at the time, and we were only a couple of days into our season. I said goodbye to the kids at the end of one practice, and I never saw them again for the rest of the season. It was it. I, I, I had no anticipation that the next day we wouldn't even be allowed to be together. It was unbelievable. I, I mean, and as, as you first started to hear these things, you know, we were all thinking, well, this can't be real. Are you kidding me? How, why are we closing businesses down? Wait, we got to start wearing a mask? What? We can't meet in church? I don't want what? What's happening here? And so that's the first stage of a loss is denial and, and confusion and shock and some fear of what's going on. Second stage is anger. And boy, have we seen an increase in anger in our culture, in our world over these last 15 months. It's not all associated with just the COVID pandemic. Obviously, there's been a lot of different political tensions and a lot of different social issues that have gotten a lot of attention that seems to have stirred up a lot of anger uh, and a lot of violence. But anytime you experience loss, you also personally go through a stage of anger. There's frustration, there's irritation, Sometimes there's anxiety that comes with this. So if you've noticed, as I have noticed in my own life, I just, just like I said, when I was doing this message a couple weeks ago, I was talking to my wife afterwards. I'm like, I didn't realize uh, how much that I have been affected over these last 15 months, but I had noticed that I was a lot more irritable than I, I had been, that things were just frustrating me. And there was kind of like this overall cumulative effect of just internal frustration with not being able to do some things that I like to do or having to wear a mask, you know, when I didn't want to or just different things like that. And there was just an internal anger underneath. And maybe you've experienced that too. I'm sure you have with different issues that we have had to deal with. And that's part of the process. And so, wow, it almost was a relief to understand as I was doing this message Okay, so there's a reason why I was feeling anger and frustration. And because I'm grieving, I'm grieving the loss of some of the freedoms I enjoyed. I'm grieving some of the losses of not being able to do some things that that I was really looking forward to or the normalcy that we all enjoyed. The third stage of grief is bargaining, bargaining. Sometimes people try to make a bargain with God. God, if you'll just do this, then I'll do that. Uh, even in our own cultural society, there's a lot of bargaining going on. Can we just do this? Can we do that? Remember when there was uh, limitations on how many people you could have together or do you have to wear a mask in this setting or not in that setting? And there's just trying to figure things out and there's just you know a, a, a time of uncertainty and tr- trying to just make a way. You talk about your, your issues with people and you're trying to figure out how can you get around the situation. The fourth stage of grief is depression. And I know a lot of people have gone through this stage and many people are in this stage right now. You feel overwhelmed. You feel stressed. You might feel alone. Uh, there's just a cloud of heaviness over you. There's a sense of helplessness, a sense of loss of control. And people tend to isolate themselves when they start feeling depressed. And so a lot of people have isolated themselves. And if that's you, you know, this is part of the process. But I'm here to encourage you to not stay there, to not stay there. But it's understandable when you're going through loss and the trauma of some of the things that we've experienced in our, in our world, that these things come upon us. 
but you don't have to live there. You don't have to stay there. That's why we're talking about this today, to find hope and to find what, what God, God's word says to us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our hurts, in the midst of our losses. Okay, but you may have felt some of that. And then finally, the fifth stage is acceptance. That's where you come to grips. You look it in the eye. You understand that the, the loss has happened. The pain has happened. The hurt has happened. And yet you begin to make a plan. You begin to move forward. You're not totally healed. You're not totally over it. It's not like we ever get over our losses. But we can, with God's help, get through them. Get through them. And that's a time for us to start moving on and moving forward. So I want to remind you of four biblical truths right now as we talk about this topic of grieving and recovering from our losses. And through these four points, I hope that you find some hope and some encouragement. The first point I just want to remind you of, and it's just an obvious statement, but I want to be clear. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken world every day. There is things that are not working right. Every day there is brokenness. Every day there are things that don't go according to our plan. Every day there is loss, there is hurt, there is pain. Every day. And we all experience loss and pain and hurt. And today, every one of us is in one of two categories. Either we are in pain and we need help, or today is a good day, but then we need to help someone else. Because we are all in this together. And that's one of my themes of today's message is if you're in pain, you need help. You need to reach out for help. If you're doing pretty good, you need to help. You need to reach out to someone else and give them help. And sometimes we're in both categories at the same time. Sometimes even though we are in pain, God still gives us the, you know, the empowerment and the, and the desire to help someone else out at the same time. But we are in this together but we live in a broken world. It is the facts. The second truth I want to give you, well, before I do, let me read this encouraging verse to you out of John 16, Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So Jesus says, look, you live in a broken world. Jesus acknowledged it too. There's going to be trouble. But I'm talking to you, I'm giving you my word, I'm giving you my teaching so that you may have peace and you may be encouraged because I have overcome the world. And he's implying that I will be with you and through me, you too will overcome the world. There is hope in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our loss, in the midst of our plans not going the way that we want them to go. There is a God who loves us and promises us that we can overcome with his help too. All right, so the second one, the second fact I want to remind you of is that very fact. We have a God who is with us. God is not distant, God is near. God is not far off attending to his own business. We are his business. His spirit lives in us. God does not shield us from loss and pain and hurt because to do that, he would have to eliminate human will. But he does promise to go through it with us. God is near to you right now. He is with you wherever you are listening or watching this video. He is in your room. He is with you right now. And he loves you. He's for you. And he is walking through whatever you're going through with you. You have him with you right now at all times. 
This is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Talking about Jesus. And so then the writer says this, encourages us, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so because Jesus can identify with us, because he became flesh and lived among us and dwelt among us, because he experienced rejection, he experienced loss, he experienced betrayal, he experienced isolationism, he experienced, you know, uh, mockery, he experienced all of these things and yet did it without sin. He now is a high priest for you and for me who is with us and can give us grace and give us mercy and walk through that with us to walk us through it. That's who our God is. He's with us. The third point I want to make is our loss, our pain, and our hurt, as difficult as it is, is redeemable. God can use your hurt, your loss, your pain for good. He can use it to help other people. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We believe this. Not everything is good, but God can work all things to his good. And that's what he is doing in your life and mine. It's not good that we have lost things. It's not good that we are going through hurts or pains and difficulties and troubles in this world. That's not good. But God is big enough to use those things to help us grow, to heal us, to teach us, and to allow us, enable us, this is amazing to me, to help someone else with the same comfort that we received from God in the pain and difficulties we walked through to minister and help somebody else. Who better to encourage or help someone through an addiction than someone who was addicted to something that God healed and set free? Who better to, to relate to someone who has lost a, a, a stillborn baby than someone who has gone through that experience, right? Who better than the person, the very person who has gone through the very same thing that you're going through to come alongside of you and encourage you because they know what you're going through. And God has that ability to redeem our pain, to redeem our hurt. But we first need to be healed. We first need to, to receive God's comfort. And so that's, uh, that's part of this message as we get towards the end is where I'm wanting to give you some hope today if you're still in that stage of pain and hurt and loss. The fourth point I want to make is we have an eternal hope. And this is where it begins. We have an eternal hope. Eternity will balance all the accounts and all evil, all hurt, all pain, all tears, all sickness, all disease, all, all injustices will come to an end. That's the day that we look forward to. Everything that we see that's visible is temporary. But the things that we don't see, our spirit, our character, these things are eternal. We are a spirit. We are not these bodies. And so though we, we go through physical challenges, we go through emotional challenges, we go through a lot of different difficulties in this world, we have an eternal hope that one day all of this, these, these difficulties will be over. 
We will be in heaven. We will enjoy peace. We'll enjoy love. We will see God. We will be near him. We will experience love and joy and peace like never before. And all this evil will be done away with. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep. It says, or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. And he goes on to say that because even in the greatest loss that we can experience, the loss of a loved one, even in that loss, we have this hope that they are in heaven with God, that we too will be with them again one day, that we will rejoice together, that this is a very short, temporary stint of our existence. But the, the vast majority of our existence is spent in eternity with God and with our loved ones who have placed faith in Jesus. Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. I'd like you to look up a song, if you will. Go on YouTube and, and check this song out. There's a great video that you can enjoy that talks about this very thing that's encouraging to us. It's called One Day. And if you watch this video, I think you'll be encouraged that one day all these tears will be gone. All the pain will be gone. All the hurt will be gone. And we can rejoice in what God had for us all along, eternity with him. So before we go, I just want to give you four quick tips on how to grieve and give you a couple of challenges if you're in the midst of the grieving process. Okay, the first one is we grieve with the help of others. And my challenge to you is have a conversation with someone this week about something that you have lost this past 15 months. Just take them out for coffee, have them over, get them on the phone. Just have a real honest conversation and just express your loss, express your pain, express your hurt because we grieve best with others, not just by ourselves. We need each other's help. We process our emotions with others uh, that, we can, that can sympathize with us, that can support us, not fix us, but can just be there with us. And so take that challenge to reach out to someone. You're, again, you're either in pain and you need help or you're doing pretty good and you need to help someone. And so reach out to someone this week and talk about one of those issues that, that you're dealing with right now. The second one is we grieve as long as it takes. So I want to encourage you, if you're in the grieving process, there's no timeline for this. Everyone's different. There is no rush. Listen, it's, it's hard. It's one of the hardest things to go through in life is to grieve. And so there is no timeline. There is no uh, perfect laid out plan. We, we just need to take it one day at a time. So just relax and process and go to God and go to his people and continue to find comfort and, and just give each other grace. So my challenge to you for this one is can you identify where you are in the five stages of grief? Because sometimes it just helps to know where we are. And it, it's okay to, if we're in the anger stage. It's okay that we're angry, right? If, if we're depressed, it's okay if that's the stage we're in and we're, we're down. Not, we don't want to stay there, but at least it'll give us a little understanding of what we're dealing with and kind of where we're at in that process. So what stage are you in in the loss that you've experienced this year? The third point I want to make is we grieve with hope. As I just read out of um, Corinthians or Thessalonians, 
says we grieve, we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope because we have hope. We have hope. We don't necessarily get over our losses, but we get through them with God's help. And so my challenge for you is to make a list of seven things about eternity that you're looking forward to because it helps us keep our perspective on the struggles that we're going through. It gives us encouragement. It gives us perseverance. It gives us strength to know this is not all there is. There will be a day when there's no more pain. There will be a day when there's no more loss of friendships. There's no more conflict. There's no more sickness. There will be a day when there's no more mourning, okay? And so we lift our eyes up during this process and we look to what is our hope. Our hope is in the Lord. And I want to challenge you to look up some scriptures and just celebrate what your future holds for you because the best is yet to come. Write down the things that you're looking forward to, that you will one day see Christ face to face. Your eyes will be opened. You will see everything clearly, that there won't be any more sickness. You'll have a body that's fit for eternity with no limitations, right? You'll be filled with joy and peace. You'll be with your loved ones. What are the, what's the hope that's stirring inside of you? Stir that up today. And finally, fourthly, we receive comfort from God. We receive comfort from God. I want to read you two verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. My challenge to you is if you're in the grieving process to memorize this verse this week. This is our memory verse for the week. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. So he comforts us in all of our troubles, right? And then the next verse goes on to say, so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Isn't that beautiful? Those are the two things right there. In pain, we receive comfort so that we also then can comfort others in their troubles with the comfort that we have received from God. And so whatever uh, stage you're in today, whether you need help or you're doing pretty good and you're ready to help, just throw yourself into this process so we can continue to move through and move forward in the things that God has for us. I'd like to pray for you today, those of you who are really in the middle of this process and just struggling with one of these stages and you feel stuck. You've experienced some great loss this year and it's just really been heavy on you and, uh, and you're really struggling. Can I pray with you? And let's take this scripture to God. Let's, let's lean on this promise today where it says, He is the God of compassion. He is the God of all comfort. And it says here, He who comforts us in all our troubles. So let's pray according to his word today. So God, we come to you now and we thank you that you have never left us. You will never leave us. That you can identify with everything that we are going through. And for my brother or sister watching right now, Lord, I just extend this prayer to them. God, that in this moment, your Holy Spirit will come upon them. And right now, they'll feel your love and your peace and your presence. God, you will comfort them in their loss. You will wipe their tears from their eyes. God, they will sense you near to them, close to them right now.
that you'll heal their broken heart, you'll restore their soul, and Lord, you'll walk them through the pain and the hurt and the loss that they have experienced. I pray for healing for them, God, in the days and weeks and months ahead. And Lord, that you will redeem this, this loss, this pain, this hurt. God, you'll do such a great healing process in their heart that they will be empowered and they will be equipped to give that same comfort to others who are also experiencing hurt and pain and loss in their lives. That, Lord, the church may be so, so good at loving one another and supporting one another and encouraging one another. So I pray for my brother and sister today. Touch them, Lord. Heal them, Lord. Encourage them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today, before I go, I also want to invite any of you who are watching that you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I invite you to make that decision today. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We are living in a broken, fallen, crazy world. And there is more to life than what we see here. And that more is found in Jesus Christ. He came that you might have life and have it to the full. And if you desire him, you've got stuff in your life you don't know what to do with. You don't know how to deal with it. You're not happy with your life. You know, it's because you need Jesus. And so to do that, to receive him, you know, as we, as we understand it, it is an internal surrendering of one's heart to God. It is a trusting in him that brings that relationship back to us. Jesus died for our sins so we could be forgiven and we could return in fellowship with him. And so if you're ready to make that decision today, let me pray this prayer with you and say this out loud with me, okay, if you can, at least in your heart. Say, Jesus, today I choose to surrender my heart to you. I need you and I need the life that you have for me. Thank you for dying on a cross, shedding your blood for the forgiveness of my sins and to give me new life and another, a new relationship with you for all eternity. Today, I ask you to save me, forgive me, and fill me with your spirit so I can live this new life you've called me to live. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, you prayed that prayer. I celebrate with you today. Welcome to the family of God. Get connected to this church or a church that's near you. Keep growing, keep learning. And if there's anything we can do, do for you, let us know so we can encourage you along your journey. Uh, also, uh, we're continuing to do a vision campaign. If you'd like to give towards our vision campaign of doing a new parking lot, or uh, we're doing some new sign, a new sign out front and some new bathrooms here at the building in Montrose. Um, you can give online or through our app. And we appreciate any gift that you give so that we can continue to reach more people with these, these great messages that God has given us for hope, for life, for fullness, for freedom in Him. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you give you his peace in his name. Amen. Love you guys. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.